0: Welcome to the Poet Delayed podcast. My name is Scott Edgar. I am the host, and for the second time in a row, I am coming to you all by myself. And the subject matter today, or or the the topic that I want to talk about today, actually kind of popped into my head yesterday. Uh, yesterday was Thanksgiving. It was a it was a difficult day for me from. The start of the day, through the day, for a number of reasons, and I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about um, these last few weeks. I've had some mornings that were very difficult for me, and really more mornings than not. I think I I wake up, feel like I get ambushed by um, these parade of horribles that march through my head, and you know of all these future potential catastrophes that could happen feeling like i'm just barreling towards this cliff and there's nothing i can do about it and i lay there in bed in the mornings just terrified and i know in my mind that it's not true i know in my mind that that it, these these uh future potential um disasters are not set in stone, and there are things that I can do to mitigate them, and that some of them are just not going to happen anyway. But so many mornings <clears throat> I lay there, and it it's um, it's an issue for me, and it causes problems for me, and I've, I've I've spoken a little bit more about this. You know, I used to not really talk to anybody about it. I would just kind of sit in it until it burned off and lay in bed till it burned off or lay in bed until I had to get out of bed and and start moving. And usually when I would start moving, things would feel better and and it would just, um, those those fears would um, slowly um, dissipate. But the problem is, is that uh, it's not a good way to start out the day. And, you know, when I, when I, you know, to be specific, the feelings that I have, I I wake up and I have this, these feelings of hopelessness, helplessness. Um, like I said, like I have no control over my life and that there's these things that are coming, these obligations. I'm not going to be able to meet obligations that I have. I'm not going to be able to meet them for whatever reason. Um, and I, I just want to put the, you know, the bed covers over my head and just kind of disappear and, Wanting, I just want to isolate from others. Don't want to talk to others, and I feel worthless. I, I feel just overwhelmed by by everything, and it seems like every slight that I've ever had gets magnified. And I start feeling resentment, and I just start feeling again fear and and feeling like if I was my only responsibility, that I would just be done. You know, I. I used to, well, still struggle with this. Sometimes I would just wake up, and I, with all of that pressing down on me, wish that uh, I just had not woken up, and wish that I would not wake up. You know, and I, I used to, I used to have those feelings, and I would say, you know, I don't ever, you know, I don't ever um, think about committing suicide. Cause I never do. I never think about committing suicide. <clears throat> but I, I've learned this new term passive I think it's passive suicide ideation or suicidal ideation not sure exactly but passive which is exactly what I described where you just wish that you hadn't woken up you wish that you could disappear and that's not a good thing that is not a good thing and it you know it's really causes problems and and you know, for one thing, it's full of, you know, negative self-talk. I mean, if that's how I feel about myself then then clearly I don't feel like, uh, I don't, I don't feel very highly about myself and, uh, that's no way to, that's no way to get better in any, in any capacity. So, you know, as I was thinking about these things yesterday, I, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna, maybe I can record a little podcast on this. And I, I, I wrote a poem a couple months ago. It was on my Instagram account. Some of you may have seen it, um, called "The Capacity of Your Tears." And I wrote that after one particularly difficult morning, and that's the poem that I kind of want to launch from today, and and then I want to talk about this these this issue I have in the mornings. Because invariably it comes to me in the mornings, I get ambushed in the mornings. Uh, as soon as I gain any sense of consciousness, boom, it's there. Not every morning, but most mornings. But, uh, so let me read this poem and then we'll go from there. So again, it's titled The Capacity of Your Tears. It reads, how many mornings are filled with desperate tears that never sound in another's ears because you feel they are hopeless? And only serve to ease your pain for the coming day. So why worry others when the tears will come again regardless? But how many mornings before your pain exceeds the capacity of your tears? And I wrote that. Um, I, I don't. I just remember it was a difficult morning, and you know I remember. Just feeling overwhelmed and just crying, and I'm learning now to cry. I didn't cry for a long time. I'm learning now to cry, and it is healing. It is com- crying is comforting, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, what I what I'm finding, however, is that sometimes when I'm in these difficult situations that need action, the tears will comfort and take the edge off, and then I will just go forward in the day and not do the work that needs to be done to keep these things from repeating. And so that's the the, the uh, thoughts and idea behind this poem is that, you know, the tears take the edge off. And why, then? so why should I go talk to somebody else? They're just going to, tears are just going to come again. You know, but the question that I posed at the end, how many mornings before your pain exceeds the capacity of your tears? I think that's a, valid question, and I think it's a question that I need to ask myself because these things that I'm afraid of, these things that scare me, they're things that can happen, and they're things that can be devastating in my life, and, and, and just, they will just, um, you know, I, but, but I can also mitigate these things. There's things that I can do to mitigate them, and a big part of that is reaching out for help. And asking somebody, you know, can you help me with this? Recognize I can't do this anymore. I spent my life um, just trying to handle everything on my own. I feel like as a kid, and maybe this is not 100% true, but it's true enough that um, it's it's shaped me and impacted me to the point where I struggle asking for help now. But as a kid, um, I... I just took everything on myself. I didn't know how to delegate. Excuse me. I didn't know how to delegate. I didn't want to delegate. I didn't, so I, I either did it myself or just didn't. did not get done. And uh, be perfectly honest with you, a lot of things did not get done because I either didn't know how to do them, or I was scared to do them, or I would just get this paralysis there where I couldn't do them, and then I would just wait for whatever deadline to pass and think, well, I can't do it now, so there's no no worry about that. So that's kind of how I was conditioned growing up, and so now and i guess when i was a kid it, it worked well enough um you know i'm understanding now these are these are um kind of coping mechanisms as children to 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 help keep me alive to help keep, you know those are the type of coping mechanisms that we have as children to keep us alive and they're great as a child but not so much as an adult as a father and so, and as a part of us community, it's, it's, they don't work anymore and now they're a detriment. Whereas before they were, you know, a benefit, now they're a liability. And so not asking for help, you are know, asking for help is, is the key. And here's something interesting, actually, you know, I've, I've talked a little bit about this. I've kind of opened up a little bit about this with some close friends and, um, and as I've you know, I've talked to my therapist about it and I've, you know, I've read up a little bit about it. And what I'm finding is that not only is this not unique to me, it's way more common than I would have thought. And so as I'm speaking this now, uh, the odds are that somebody out there listening is nodding their head thinking, yep, yep, I can relate to that. And I'm sure some of you have gotten made progress in in working through this. And I'm sure some of you have not and maybe you thought you were by yourself, maybe you thought that you were alone and that you were struggling in the mornings and this was unique to you, but it's not. It's not. It's 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 very common. Um and for me It's been for me. It's caused a lot of problems because it just I I struggle to do the things, the day to day things that I need to do. And as I as I think about you know the the remedy for it, or 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 the at least the I mean it's not the remedy because asking for help isn't going to solve the problem i mean that's that's going to that that's kind of the beginning of figuring out all of this stuff is asking for help i like that quote in uh the book i always get the animals mixed up the boy the mole the fox and the horse yes that's actually the right order anyway in that book um I think it was the horse so I don't know one of the characters says um, I may be paraphrasing here asking for help is not giving up it's refusing to give up and that is I I'd never thought about it that way I guess actually, probably I'd never really given much thought to it in the first place, but um but I love that sentiment. it's refusing to give up, and what I've found for me is i've as I've started to understand that I need help, I need help in certain areas in my life i need there's certain things that I can't do, I can't do everything, I can't figure everything out, I can't manage every. I cannot manage alone every aspect of my life and I need help. And as I've started to try to reach out, I've noticed three main obstacles. And that's that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Three main obstacles. And um again, I'm not a therapist and I don't pretend to be a therapist. I don't even play one on TV. I don't play one on a podcast. I'm just not a therapist. Period. But these are things that I have found helpful. To, or, I mean, these are these are the obstacles that I've. And there may be more obstacles. I mean, there's probably a lot more obstacles. But these are the these are three of the main obstacles that uh, I have run into as I have. Started to try to reach out for help, and so I wanted to talk about those and, and just give share some of my thoughts and my experiences about about these things because um, I don't know. I just hope that maybe I just hope that maybe uh, someone listening can hear this and 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 find something helpful, useful here. I, I again, I, I, I'm surprised at how common it is, <clears throat> and it. Uh, you know, there's so many of us out there struggling with this, thinking that we're alone, when if we just kind of start talking in, in you know, in appropriate times, in appropriate places with appropriate people, I don't know that it's something that you talk about with everybody, um, like I'm doing now. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, just, it just strikes me that there's, you know, so many of us struggling in this area yet we think we're alone and so we suffer alone and that to me is a travesty it reminds me I uh, um, I served a a mission for the LDS church in the Philippines and I remember one day we had some so the way it works is you have a missionary for those of you who aren't familiar with it, you have a missionary companion. So, you know, two missionaries. You know, we we carried the title Elder. So I was Elder Edgar. And then it was Elder and then your last name. And, and we had assigned companions. And I remember one day I was with a, set, a different companion, not my normal companion. <clears throat> we were doing what we call splits. We're just kind of breaking it up a bit. <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. And I remember we had, we had one day and I was... It was it was a kind of a creepy experience. I'll just say that it was like kind of like a supernatural kind of creepy experience, like something they make movies out of, scary movies out of. But anyway, we got all wrapped up, and it was, yeah, we were both kind of shook a bit. And then that night, we went back, and I was staying at their apartment. This other missionary is staying at his apartment. And I was on one bed, and he was on another bed, and there was a table between us. So... I could look over and see his feet. He could see my feet, but we couldn't see each other's heads. And I remember that night, the events of the day. Now, I get scared easily, just so you know. I I can't watch, like, scary movies. I watched that movie, The Ring. Ooh, I still get... Oh, yeah, I could not sleep that night. All I could imagine. I I'd look at my window, and I could just see that little girl with the long black hair slowly raising her head up into the, my view in the window. Oh man, that was scary. But anyway, so I get scared easily. So just to give you some context. So I'm laying there <clears throat> at night, couldn't sleep. And just thinking about the events of just the, that had happened. And I could not sleep all night. I just laid there just like freaked out all night long. So I wake up in the morning. I got a few hours of sleep there at the end. Wake up in the morning. I was talking to this other missionary. It turns out he was awake all night long too terrified as well so i i guess when i think of all of us walking out there struggling with this this common issue uh, thinking that we're alone i just i think about that you know i could have said hey you wake? yeah you wake yeah let's uh i don't know let's play cards or i don't know do something let's talk or go make some rice have some have some uh, fish and rice or something i don't know we could have done something but instead we laid there in abject terror both of us throughout the night. So anyway, my hope in in talking about this is if there's anyone out there who, who thinks, you know, if you think you're alone, struggling in the mornings, hard to get going, scared of the future, and you think that you're alone, you're not. At least you got me, and I know that you have others as well. And my understanding is I've, thought about this a lot as I've moved through this issue is I can't do it by myself. Uh, I need help in areas that I need help. And also just the process of speaking it out loud, talking to somebody, confide, confiding in somebody that I need help, whether they're the ones to help me or not, at least I can talk to somebody about it. And that is, Removes, you know, that kind of takes takes the shame off it. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. But anyhow, just talking to somebody with so many issues, I think, is is therapeutic and helpful. So, as I mentioned, I've, you know, as I think about this, I think about three specific obstacles that I run into, and I wanted to talk about those and just kind of share some of my thoughts about those. Um, The first one is, you know there's this fear of feeling less than this fear that if I talk about these struggles that I'm having, if I talk about this fear that I'm having, if I talk about this issue or that issue that I am not able to manage myself, that there is people are going to think less of me. And I've kind of just thought, you know, it's, you know, I, I have this facade that I, I, that I've got everything under control. People look at me and they think, hey, yeah, this guy's got this and that, that. He's he's good to go. And then to realize that, no, I need help. There's that fear of what other people are going to think. And there's this fear of admitting to other people that you're not as, you don't have everything together. Like you think they think you have and maybe they don't think you have it all together. In fact, the people who love you and care about you Probably already know you don't have it all together. And, but there's that fear. There's that fear to step out and say, hey, I need help. And that's a scary thing to do. Um, as I've thought about that, I, you know, so much in this, this, uh, emotional healing realm as you move through it. I mean, the core of it all is found, I think, in, um, Connecting to ourselves, healing that fracture inside of us, the fracture of, from our authentic true self. Healing that, that's where, the, that's where the recovery comes. Not making external relationships, but reconnecting to our ourselves. And this Fear of what other people think is is counter to that, because it again is a betrayal of ourselves. It's a betrayal of our authentic self. We are abandoning ourselves because we're trying to uphold. I should probably say I'm trying to uphold this facade that I have things to get all together instead of just saying, yeah, you know what? I don't, I'm not really worried about what other people think about me necessarily. Um, Strike the necessarily. I'm not concerned about what other people think about me. I am going to do what I need to do, regardless of what I think other people's opinions will be about me. And there's some, you know, as, I, as I've thought about that, you know, that that is the cure, I think, that, or, or get, coming to that understanding, coming to that acceptance. You know, I've started this whole podcast out with E.E. E. Cummings' um, poem, May I be I is the only prayer, not may it be good or great or kind. I, I don't remember all the things they listed after that. <clears throat> but may i be i is the only prayer and when we stray from that when i stray from that and i start looking at other people for acceptance or or a, then i'm measuring me by what is valuable to other people which is not fair to me because what is valuable to other people may not be who i am or what is it, what i'm in aligned what what and what's in alignment with me? I think about this quote from uh, a couple of things come to mind, actually. Uh, where is it? This quote from Benjamin Franklin. We're going to go back a bit here, back a couple hundred years. He says, The eyes of other people are the eyes that ruin us. If all but myself were blind, I should want neither fine clothes, fine houses, nor fine furniture. And I, th- I think about that quote a lot, actually, and how true it is and how simple it is and it's truth. Why do we want all the fineries? Why do we want all of that? Because other people will see it. Now, there's a comfort level also that is not, a, I mean, you can have comfortable things that are ugly. Um, that's why people wear sweatpants, I guess. But, you know, <laughs> you know, like Seinfeld, you know, that's a sign that you've given up when you wear sweats. That's what uh, Jerry told George. That's another episode. So anyway, um, so I think about that. You know, this fear that I have of being less than, this fear that I have is based, I think, I think I've thought it through, and, and I'd be interested if anybody else has thoughts on this, but is based in, you know, not measuring up to what I think other people think about me and I you know other people think that I'm at this point or at this level and by saying no I'm not I need help that's knocking me down and that's you know that's that's hard it's scary to do that and you know it was this whole um this whole losing ourselves abandoning ourselves to try to measure up to other people's standards there's this um Quote by Epictetus. We're, Epictetus. We're going to go even further back than two hundred years. We're going to go back now two thousand years. Actually, Stoic philosopher. He says, "What foolish talk is this? How can I any longer lay claim to right principles if I am not content with being what I am, but am all a flutter about what I, about what I am supposed to be?" I love that. I love the use. Of the word a flutter, I don't know what the uh, um, Latin word he used was that was translated to a flutter, but I think a flutter is beautiful because that's how I feel when I when I am trying to measure up to other people's standards that are not in alignment with me. I feel a fluttered, like I'm, you know, scatterbrained, and I'm just things aren't flowing; they're not natural. I'm just I'm a flutter about what I'm supposed to be. And again, that, that goes kind of to the point that how can I, how can I heal? How can I do what I need to do if I am worried, if I'm a flutter about what I'm supposed to be or what other people think I'm supposed to be? And the cure for that is to not worry about that. And I know that's easier said than done, but that's, that's, that's it. That's the truth is to not worry about what other people say. In fact, one more quote here. This is, I read this on it's, been tribute, it's attributed to Anthony or Sir Anthony Hopkins. I'm trusting that it is. I didn't do any research, and I don't, normally don't like to use quotes that I can't source, but I'm going to say it anyway, because if it's not him, it's still good stuff. He says, my philosophy is, what people say about me is none of my business. I am who I am and do what I do. I expect nothing and accept everything, and that makes life easier. We live in a world where funerals are important, where funerals are more important than the deceased. Marriage <clears throat> is more important than love. Looks are more important than the soul. We live in a packaging culture that despises content. Ooh, packaging culture that despises content. Well said, sir, Anthony Hopkins. Um, and that's just, I mean, I, I, I love that and he's not the first to say that, you know, what people say is none of my business. I am who I am and I and do what I do. <clears> That's <throat> easier said than done. And I guess if you're Sir Anthony Hopkins, maybe it's even easier to do. Um but it's really what what I'm trying to I'm trying to get to that point. And because I in the mornings when I struggle, I I you know, I feel like a lot of the struggle that I have Is because I'm thinking of obligations or I'm thinking of things that I need to do that aren't, that aren't, I don't want to use the word necessary, but sometimes they're just, I'm just, I get worried about things that don't matter. I get worried about things that don't matter. Um, I'm trying to think of some examples. Well, well, I'll just say this. Actually, I'll use this example. <clears throat> I heard, uh, I heard somebody. Um, I guess what it is is you know there are we have rules and rules and I mean go go look up you know I live in Utah. I'm gonna do this in any state. Go look up the statutes in your state. There are many, and every year. State legislatures, um, the United States legislature gets together to make more rules, more laws. And then on top of that, you have all these administrative agencies that are making more rules and more laws. So we got lots of rules and lots of laws out there. And some of them are more important than others. And I used to feel like I needed to try to... Obey every single rule, every single law. And I'm not saying that I did. I'm not saying that I was ever good at it either. But I would feel obligated to try if I knew that something was a rule or a law. And I would feel shame. I'd feel like less. I'd, 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 I'd be disappointed in myself. Uh, I wanted to be obedient. And I have a lot of feelings about the uh, principle of obedience, a lot different than I used to and i don't know that it's the virtue that i used to think it is exact obedience for instance um but i remember hearing about a guy and i don't i don't uh i don't know who it was i don't know where i read it but he talked about uh talking about speeding he had a fast car i guess and and he was he was getting on people who go, I think, even just the speed limit in the fast lane. Upset about that because his point was, listen, I pay a premium, so I want to go fast. I don't want to obey the speed limit. Um, now, all safety, like, I mean, I guess there's more to this analysis than, than this uh, just paying to speed but uh, there's safety issues too, but let's put those aside for the moment. But his point was that he's willing to pay a premium to drive his car fast on the freeway. And people will get in the fast lane and they'll try to regulate people's speed by going the speed limit so people can't speed. And his point was, listen, I'll make the decision for myself. And if I get pulled over, I'll pay the ticket, and it's a premium that I've decided that I'm willing to pay in order to speed. And the whole point in my bringing that up is that, you know, so many things that I get stressed over have to do with laws or rules that, you know, I can decide that I'm not going to follow this rule or that rule, knowing that there is a penalty. And accepting the penalty, rather than st- being so stressed to follow that rule, like like trying to trying to follow everything, you can't do that. I mean, you're going to crumble. I mean, there's it's ridiculous how many statutes we have um, governing everything. And I think at some point, if if I'm feeling overwhelmed because there's this list of things that I have to do, these list of rules I have to follow, if that's overwhelming me. I need to step back and say, okay, what rules are important to me? What rules do I want to follow? And knowing that, you know, the ones I don't want to follow, there's probably a penalty attached. And am I willing to pay that penalty? And I just kind of do the analysis myself. And that has been huge for me. And, you know, there are certain things that I'm not willing to pay the penalty for that are – Important enough that I'm like, okay, no, that one is not negotiable. I have to do that. So put that in the non negotiable pile. I have to do that one. But there are a lot of other things, a lot of other rules that are negotiable for me personally that, you know, it's too much for me to try to do that. You know, when I was, you know, these last couple of years when I was going, um, you know, divorce is hard. And I, I, you know, we had a, I had a habit of <clears throat> paying credit cards off every month, but I got to the point where I just thought it's not feasible right now. So I'm going to have to eat some interest, and, and so I did that, and I just paid the minimum payments until I got to a point where I could pay it off. But I, I decided no, that's obviously not a. Well, you know, it is still a rule. I mean, I decided to pay the penalty of interest rather than paying the, int- the paying the credit card off every month, which I couldn't do. And if I tried to do it, it would have overwhelmed me even more. So I guess my, my whole point in this is we need to be, I need, for me, I decided that I need to be connected to myself. I need to know who I am. I need to determine what is important to me. What what are my values? What What is in alignment with me? And not and try not to worry about what other people are worried are 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 going to think about me because that was an obstacle for me to admit that I'm lacking in this area or that uh, maybe I'm not making as much money as everybody thought I was making or or you know and so that that all of that those issues are non issues doesn't matter and um I don't have to abide by what other people think of me. Now that's, like I said, it's easier said than done, but that was the first obstacle that I thought about is that, you know, I don't want to tell people that I need help because I don't want to shatter any image they have of me. But as I mentioned earlier, um, the people who love you and are close to to you, either they don't have that image of you in the first place because they know you better than you think you do. They do. Or they don't even care. It's not your image; it's you, and those are the people who are gonna come around you and 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 lift you up. Um. Yeah, so I guess in another way is uh, another way to say what I've been saying is just trying to simplify my life, trying to simplify my life to where. I just have the you know this scale it back to the necessities, so I'm not trying to keep this persona that I've had or that I thought that I had scaling it back to what I just the bare necessities that I need and not worrying about what other people think and it's freeing, and i've I've been able to accomplish it to some degree and it's freeing to not worry about what other people think about me. And anyway, that's, so that's the first obstacle that I found is just, you know, this fear of wanting to uphold this facade that prevents me from reaching out for help because I'm scared for that, you know, for, you know, having people feel less than, or, or think less of me. Um, so that's the first obstacle. And the second obstacle that I, that, I've struggled with is feeling that I don't want to burden other people with what I'm struggling with. And that's a, that's a whole nother, um, well, so, so that's the second. I just, I don't want to burden other people. And I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. Cause I've heard many people share that, that, and you know what I have had people tell that to me, Hey, listen, I don't want to burden you with this. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to burden you with my problems. Well, now I remember um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine uh, about a month ago. I reconnected with him. I hadn't talked to him in years. And he said something to me that, um, that I took to heart and I've thought a lot about. He said that he's trying to take people at their face value. If somebody offers something to them or if somebody offers something to him, like, for instance, if he needs a ride and someone says i can give you a ride he says okay i'm going to trust that you want to do that for me and i'm going to accept the ride and i'm not going to i'm not going to dismiss it i'm going to believe that you are willing to give me a ride and that it's okay you know i struggle with not wanting you know turning people down because i don't want to burden them but when he said that to me i thought you know that's that's a great way to go through life. Take people at their word. When somebody offers something to you, trust that they're that that's that they're sincere in that offer. And I think some people are not, and you'll you'll find that out pretty quickly. But if somebody offers it, take them up on it if you need it. And because <clears throat> I've I've offered it to people, I've offered hey. Reach out to me if you need. Some people have. A lot of people don't. And I understand why not because I do the same thing a lot of times. People, offer, uh, I've had a lot of people say, hey, you don't have to go through that alone. If you need to talk to somebody, call me, please. And I know they're sincere, but in my mind, and I'm sure there's a deeper analysis to it, but it's on the surface, it's I don't want to burden you. I've got, troubles. I don't want to burden you with my troubles because you got your own troubles. And, you know, in addition to what, you know, what that wisdom that my friend imparted to me recently, I'm trying to do that now. If somebody offers, if somebody says that to me, I've had a number of friends and family say, listen, reach out to me. And I'm trying to be better at that. And the response has been that they're there for me, and that they've showed up. And um, in fact, I can't think of anybody who has not showed up. But they've showed up, and so in addition to taking people up on that, some other thoughts that I've had is: are some other thoughts that I've had are that are my these problems that I have. Are they really the burden on them that I think that they're going to be? Because when people have come to me with troubles, I'm trying very hard to remember that I can't fix other people's problems. And so I don't try to fix other people's problems, and therefore it's not that big of a burden for me. I can sit with them. I can listen to them. I can, um, you know, if, if they want some advice, I can give them some advice. I can help out where I can, but I cannot fix other people's problems. I cannot heal other people. I cannot save other people. And as I remember that and as I um, set a boundary in my life according to that true principle that I cannot save other people, that I cannot fix other people, that I cannot um, heal other people. As I set a boundary in my life according to that true uh, principle then other people's problems are not too heavy for me because I don't have to go in there and do heavy lifting. Now, that being said, sometimes listening is heavy because people struggle with heavy things, heavier than I struggle with. And it's hard and it's heavy, but I don't have to take it home with me necessarily. I can sit and just sit with, my friends and my families, my anybody, I can sit and listen. I can, you know, tell my kids all the time. I can't save you, but I can sit with you. You don't ever have to suffer through these things alone by yourself. Um, and so, when when people are telling me, "Hey, reach out to me if you have help if you need help." You know, in the past, I would think I don't want to burden you because it's pretty heavy stuff I'm going through. But again, its I don't think it's as heavy for them as I think it is. And what I'm doing is I'm making the decision for them. I'm trying to take that advice, to take people at their word. If they say, reach out to me, then I don't, then I, I want to, take them at their word and reach out to them rather than making the decision for them, like making like deciding for them that this is too heavy for them. That's not my decision to make. I trust that if it is, they'll let me know. And that's fair. If someone says, listen, I can't, I can't sit with you in this. I can't, this is too much for me. This is triggering to me. That's fair. That's fair. And, but I'll let them tell that to me rather than me making the decision for them. And, That's taken a lot of effort for me to come around, and I still struggle with it. I still struggle with it. Uh, Yesterday morning is a pretty good example of that. Sometimes I can feel it coming on. Sometimes I I can feel, like even so happens in the evening sometimes too, I can feel this desire to go self-isolate and just curl up in a ball. I can feel it coming on. And in my my mind, I think I need to call somebody. I need to just talk to somebody. And for the longest time, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Now, remarkably, there were moments when friends and family would call me in those moments and say, hey, are you okay? And they would help me. But it wasn't because I reached out to them. It was because... They were just checking in on me, but I don't. But I'm learning to reach out, and I'm also learning that it doesn't have to be a big, a a big production either. It can be as simple as just sending a text: "Hey, can you talk?" Or "I'm struggling," or "I just feel this coming on." I'm going to sit with it, but would you just? You know, maybe check in on me in a couple hours uh, it doesn't have to be a big production at all it can be very simple and what I'm find, what I've my experience has been is that those friends those family members those people who love me who are there for me they will be there and they will show up just like they've offered um one of the most uh, beautiful realizations that I've had in the last couple of years, which have been just really compressed moments of um, compressed moment. How would I say this? Yeah, there've just been a lot of, I'll say it this way. There have been a lot of, Raw, painful moments that have been compressed tightly in the last two years, more so than the preceding 47 years or maybe 48 years because I'm almost 50. Uh, But one of the most beautiful realizations that I've had is all of the people that have showed up for me and that have been there for me that have sensed that something was off with me, even when I didn't ask for help. They just sensed it and they came to me. Said, hey, are you, are you okay? Can I help you? Um, it's, you know, and and I, people will show up. That's the thing is people will show up. And that's been a, a wonderful thing for me to observe and to see. And each of you out there listening, people, there are people that care for you. There are people that love you. I, I, I'm certain of it. Um And again, they are the burdens that you're struggling with too much for them? If they understand that they't they can't fix you or heal you or, or save you, then I don't think it is too much. And maybe we need to help them understand that. And just i don't all i need from you is i just need can i just sh- get out of this echo chamber in my head and and share with you some fears that i'm having can i just talk to you about some of these um future potential disasters that i am ruminating about that is causing me to waste away my present moment can i just talk to these talk to you about these things i i just need you know if you have any advice, great. But if you just listen, that would be great. Just sit with me. You know, maybe we need to help them understand that we're not asking them to carry our load. We're not asking them to um, save us. And so, in, in that sense, I don't think that. These burdens that we carry are too heavy or are too much for other people. In fact, my experience has been actually when somebody reaches out to me and I'm able to sit with them and talk to them, my experience has been the burden that I am carrying is lightened at times. And sometimes I even find solutions to things that I'm struggling with as I sit with my friend or my family or, you know, I find solutions to things that I struggle with. And so, you know, I don't want to make that decision for other people. If they offer to help, I'm trying to be more receptive to that and think, okay, you offered it. I'm going to trust that you mean it. And I'm going to take you up on it if I need it. And, you know, I've, I've, it's, I've been, it, it, it's like I said, it's been a, a, a wonderful thing for me to see how many people have showed up for me. And you, and really, though, I think you don't need a ton of people to show up for you. You just need a, you just need a little, uh, maybe, basketball team worth of people. I don't know, one or two. I, I don't know. You know. It probably varies for each of us. Um, but I, I know for me... You know my my it, the reason why it's so hard here when I um, in in this you know feeling a burden on others I can see it in my childhood I can see, you know because I I didn't ask for help as I can't really except for I remember once I I literally was almost dying and so I reached out for help but normally I didn't. Um, I just, like I said, either I did it on my own or it didn't get done at all. And I, I remember once, you know, I couldn't sleep at night and I was, I've probably shared this before, but it's such, it kind of, for me, it's indicative of where all of this comes from. My fear of asking for help, fear of burdening others, you know, it's, it's kind of been ingrained in me. I remember, you know, my mom had passed away recently and, So this was in 1984. We'd moved from Germany to Utah, and um, there was a period of time, I don't remember, a few weeks maybe, I couldn't sleep at night. I remember I would just lay there at night and uh, um, be terrified. I'd listen to everybody else going to sleep, and I would just lay there in the dark, just in abject terror. And I remember going to sleep earlier than everybody else, you know, five, six or seven o'clock at night trying to fall asleep before everybody else, but that all that did was mean that I was up and listening to everybody in bed and it just exacerbated the problem, it seemed like. But I laid there just terrified and I think about I think back about that and it was always stuck with me. And I never I, I didn't I don't remember thinking once to get up and go ask for help to get up and go say, hey dad, now he was gone for a little bit of that time, his mom, my grandma was there with us, but I don't remember ever thinking, go ask somebody, go tell somebody that you're scared, go tell somebody that you're scared, and I never did, I just laid there, instead I laid there, and just was scared by myself, and as I think about that now, I just think, yeah, that's that's kind of how I've lived my life, rather than asking for help, I just, dealt with it how I could or I just didn't deal with it. I went off the cliff here and then. I went off cliff here went off cliff there um, and just tried to do the best that I could and so i I just think about that that period of time you know i I didn't feel like I was I didn't feel like the fear that I was experiencing I didn't feel like that warranted imposing on somebody else, waking my dad up or waking my grandma up. My fear was not worth imposing myself on them to where they would wake up, to waking them up in the middle of the night. So I would just sit with my fear. But the fact of the matter is that it was, and it is for all of us. When we are scared, when we are feel alone, when we are struggling, when we are um, depressed, that is you don't have to sit in that alone. We don't have to sit in those things alone. we don't you know I, like I said, I've told that to my kids you don't I don't ever want my kids to be awake at night scared and not feeling like they can come and talk to me. Helping me, asking for help from me, I, you know, I, I want them to come talk to me. I told my daughter Ruby. She woke me up one time in the middle of the night. Dad, I'm sorry I woke you up. And I said, Ruby, if you're scared and you're by yourself and you're and you uh, feel like you need me, the last thing I, I don't want to be asleep. I mean that that I do not want to be asleep. And that's the message that I get from these friends and family who offer help that they if I am you know the message I get from them is if you are scared if you are struggling in the morning I don't want you to not call me I want you to reach out to me like they expect that of me and they mean it and so so this so kind of wrap this part of the second obstacle that I, I found is I feel like it's a burden on others but I really don't think it's the burden I think it is because they don't have to save me. They don't have to deliver me. All I'm asking is that they sit. All I'm asking is that they listen. And not even, sometimes I don't even need them to listen. Sometimes I just need to say what my fear is. Maybe go for a hike. Maybe just um, be involved in their life. You know, maybe just go over and have dinner at their house. um, uh, Actually, now that's starting to sound like I'm imposing on them. (laughs) But... um, Take them out for dinner. How's that? But just, it, it's not, I'm not asking them to save me. I'm not asking them to carry my load. I'm not asking them to do that. And so by that reasoning, I don't think it's as big as, as I don't think it's as big a burden as I think it is. Um, and then the third obstacle, which is for me, um, it is uh I'm trying to describe it well it's uh, well just to, just just to say it straight up is when i ask for help, when I reach out, when I do that, then that puts upon me now an obligation to be more accountable because I'm not just accountable to myself anymore. I am now telling somebody I need help. Maybe I need them to help me figure something out um, or just get their thoughts on something. Again, not to fix it for me, but, you know, do you have some thoughts here? or, Or, you know, can you help me with this? Now I have to be more accountable. I can't just... I, I don't feel like I, you know, my my thought process is, okay, I can't just check out anymore. I can't just crawl back into my hole and I can't just pull the, the uh, blankets over my head and just go back to sleep and, and just ignore my responsibilities anymore because now I've gone outside of myself and I've talked to people and I've reached them. And that's scary to me. I don't know if anybody else struggles with that, but that's scary to me because um I always... you know, I used to go running early in the morning, or even hiking, hiking early in the morning. And if if I was going with myself, and that alarm went off, uh, the odds are I'm probably going back to sleep because I don't want you know, it's so hard to get out of bed early in the morning, especially in the winter when it's dark. And I, but if I'm going with somebody else, then it's much more likely that the alarm goes off. I'm getting up because it's not just me, and so that, um, that becoming accountable is. It's hard, and it's scary, and that's an obstacle for me. Like, okay, if I reach out and ask for help, then I can't check out like I normally do. Or like, if I want to check out, I can't. Now, <clears throat> I will say this, though, because that can be a daunting, that can be a very daunting obstacle for me. And what I'm learning is that it's okay. I mean, it, I, you know, I don't want to check out but just because I ask for somebody to help me doesn't mean I therefore have to execute perfectly going forward. You know, when I used to run, I hated running first. When I first started running, I hated it. Oh, I hated it. And then I realized one day, well, I started running up in the mountains and I realized one day I don't have to run the whole time. If I'm running and I decide, you know what? I'm going to walk here. I can walk. I'm still moving forward, but I can walk. And my love of running began that moment when I realized that oh I don't have to run every second I'm up here. I can I can stop and and walk if I'd like or hike a bit if I'd like. And to that point I want to be accountable. But I don't have to if I reach out to ask somebody for help that doesn't therefore mean now that I have to be accountable perfectly going forward. Or I need to be accountable. That's not what I'm trying to say. I need to be accountable going forward, but that doesn't mean that I have to execute perfectly going forward. There will be moments, there'll be times when I just have to pause, and that's okay. That's okay. But that's not the same as waking up in the morning, alarm going off, wanting to get up and, you know, like and get showered and heading to work. If I'm if I've talked to somebody about this and if they're, I've asked them to just check up on me and just, you know, if, when that alarm goes off, it, you know, I can, it, it's not the same as if it's just myself that I just pull that cover back over my head and go back to sleep because nobody else is checking on me. But if I know somebody is, then, you know, I, I'm more likely to get up and going. But it doesn't mean that, you know, there will be days where I struggle. It doesn't mean that I have to execute perfectly I guess I feel like I'm just kind of spinning my wheels here but I don't have to the bottom line is just because now I'm going to be more accountable and and I've asked for help doesn't mean that I have to execute perfectly going forward but it does mean that I need to be more serious about the commitments that I make I need to be more thoughtful about what I determine to do and I need to I, I can't just go back to sleep every morning when I wake up or sit and stare at the computer every day, you know, rather than working. Just in a, you know, I, I need to work through these things. Um, so that, 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 you know, becoming accountable is a difficult one for me. Um, I'm not. You know, so these are th- these are the three obstacles that I struggle with, and, and like I said, I'm sure there are more. And uh, you know, if any of you out there struggles with these same things or struggles with this um, this waking up in the morning, this parade of horribles in the morning that stunts you, if there are other obstacles that you've struggled with, I'd love to to hear about them. You can you know you could send me an email if that's how you contact me at. at uh Poet delayed at gmail.com or if you have my number, you can text them to me, but I, I'd be interested to hear. But, um, so, so those things, the, you know, the first obstacle fear of, you know, being thought less than and, and breaking, shattering this facade that I think people might have of me. Number two, being a burden to others. Number three, now I have to be accountable. Now I am, you know, on the clock and people are watching those three things are the biggest obstacles that I found any other obstacles that that you out there have any of you have, have encountered I'd love to hear what they are um, because I'm sure I struggle with those two I just haven't articulated them here um, I'm working through these things and you know I'm stumbling through them and and that's the other thing that I'm starting to have more grace with myself is that this whole process is just kind of a stumbling forward process. This whole um, may I be I, reconnecting, healing the fracture between, you know, this inside of me, trying to align with who I am and being authentic. And I know that word gets thrown around a lot. And I, it's a shame because it feels like it, it's almost... Uh, cliche now and it almost loses its meaning but it's still a true a true principle and and becoming authentic you know as, as much as people throw it around now it's it's what I'm trying to do in my life being who I am and living in alignment with who I am and I need help in doing that because there are things that I struggle with that I can't do on my own and that is Reaching out for help has been huge for me, and I, I'm really just kind of starting to do that now. Actually, uh, I, I guess I've done it in the past, but I'm really starting to make that a real part of, like, asking for help in specifics, not just "Hey, I'm struggling here. Can I? Can you sit with me?" But asking for help in specifics, like determining, "Okay, I can do this. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can do this. I can't do that." Okay here's the the list of things I can't do on my own or that I need help doing okay, who can help me with these things and then trying to reach out to people who can maybe help me with those things and what that's doing for me is I'm feeling like even if even if things aren't aren't in order yet, I have this confidence that I'm doing something I am making efforts I am um, in control of the course of my life as much as I can be and when I wake up in the mornings or when I go to bed at night having had a good day of of really working and talking to people and, 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 and working these things out and talking to people I need help from I don't feel the dread I don't feel the hopelessness that I feel in other mornings and that to me, at this point, has has been the key for me. And sometimes I'm better. Like I said, I'm just starting now to really do it, and it's making a huge difference for me. Even though there's still things that I'm struggling with, um. But I again, I, I just I'm gonna wrap things up here. But I just want to again that quote from. I find that quote from the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. Boy, that's twice I nailed it. Twice I nailed it in this episode, um, where I think it was the horse. that says, "Asking for help is not giving up; it's refusing to give up." Um, so, I I appreciate those of you who have stuck with me. I didn't expect it to to go this long, but I hope. If there's anyone out there who struggles, you know, in the manner that I've shared, or in any other manner, reach out. Especially if there are people who have given you offers to help and be there for you, reach out to them. Take them at their word. Take them at their word until you can't. That's what. That's what. Uh, that's what my friend. That's that actually was his advice. I'll take them at their word until I can't. And get the help that you need cuz we can't do there's so many things that we can't do there's so many things that are required of us and we can't do them all we can't do them all and we certainly can't do them all effectively so reach out for help when where you need and i'm happy to listen if i can be of assistance to anybody i'm happy to listen happy to sit with you if i if, I, if that would be helpful um, yeah so thanks for listening I'm just going to wrap it up. May IBI I is the only prayer. That's what it's all about is getting to know ourselves, reconnecting with ourselves so that we are so that we don't measure ourselves by other people's standards. We measure ourselves by what is in alignment with us. We measure ourselves by our standard that we get determined for ourselves. That's my experience. That's where peace and um meaning lie so may i be i is the only prayer not may i be good or great or beautiful or kind i think that's pretty close to what it is i should probably memorize it but anyway thank you for listening and uh, until next time